This episode is brought to you by Podomatic, the easiest way for podcast fans to become podcasters. Go to podomatic.com or search Podomatic in your app store to start your own podcast for free and find your audience. Hello and welcome to episode number 356 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. We are back, back with a movie that uh, does in, in fact exist. We were a bit unsure of it last week. Um, I'm if this so movie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, there it did. Five years after the original Bird Box, they made a uh spanish set uh sequel or i guess i don't even know how do you describe this it's a franchise film um because yeah it's got none of the obviously the original cast or anything like that but yeah we'll get to that um because there is in fact some news to get into this week um pretty interesting stuff this first one is kind of a bit painful because it's something that we love um that i think is this just isn't that fun to talk about and we'll we'll get into it um it's to do with fest um obviously they announced their lineup over the past week um which i don't really have too much to say because obviously we already knew we weren't going this year um so you know i haven't done the deep dive into the schedule and kind of figured things out but i'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff that we'll want to check out in the future um mm. but prior to the announcement of the lineup they there was a little sort of post on their website a few days before um called changes at fright fest 2023 and yeah the opening sentence says uh, fright fest 2023 is going to be a little bit different from previous years and i feel like that's underselling it because yeah there's a lot of changes this year mm. um so for people that have listened to our coverage they'll kind of know like i don't want to get too bogged down to the details because if you haven't been it's quite complicated to explain the entire sort of screen setup um but people will know that like one of our favorite parts of going to the festival is that it's mainly at the um kind of was it the odeon at leicester square um it is the odeon right is it the cine world yeah Right, the Cine World. Um, it does say that in this post, but for some reason, I thought it always had the Odeon brand, and I guess because there's the one, the, the Odeon's the one across the road, yeah, isn't it? Right. That has all the big premieres. Um, yeah. So yeah, you're right. The, the Cine World um, obviously is the main hub for a fight fest, but it has um, obviously a huge presence at the Prince Charles Cinema, mm. um, just around the corner that we absolutely adore. Um, and they're no longer involved, which I think is obviously that's a huge negative, And I feel like that's the lead here. And we're going to touch on a few other little small mm. minor changes and, and some that are quite frustrating to me as a fan. Um, and again, I want to preface all of that with what I just said. Like, we're such huge fans of Fright Fest. We've spent literal thousands of pounds um, over the years going to this festival. Mm. And, and we'll hopefully continue to go to it in the future. We had obviously just made prior plans that clashes with that weekend. So we knew we weren't going to go to this anyway. Um, but this is certainly a huge disappointment. I think just the way it's happened that... Uh, they they never really said anything. I, I can't find any correspondence from Prince Charles. Um, you know, in my eyes, I would have always assumed they would have been a part of it unless, you know, heaven forbid, the Prince Charles would have shut down. Mm. Um, but they're still going strong. They're just not involved anymore. And 
there's a huge restructuring that the festival is definitely downsized um you know again not to get too bogged down into the details but there was always two big screens in the cine world that would feature the main screen films and that has now been reduced to just one um which is the sort of big super screen that we experienced last year that's awesome um so that's going to be the only screen now and then all of the other screens within that cine world will have like the lesser films um so it's a big change, and I think it's one that is disappointing, um, which, yeah, we can kind of get to, and then I'll, I'll kind of get our overall thoughts in a sec, but there is a few other things here. This, this next one, it, this isn't nowhere near as earth-shattering, of course, but like it is, it's one that I find frustrating, again, from a fan perspective, which is that the sort of the lead sponsor has changed. Um, obviously, it was the Arrow Video Fright Fest for the longest time, um, and that is no longer the case. It is now the Pigeon Shrine Fright Fest, um, which not only sounds terrible, in my personal opinion, um, but I had no idea what Pigeon Shrine was. So I, I did say that's a bigger question. Yeah, well, I did what the the marketing and the whole reason why they would want to sponsor a film festival is I Googled it and I went on Pigeon Shrine's website, which is currently about three paragraphs of text on a blank website that has nothing else on it. Um, and they has some of the most preposterous um, kind of sentences I've ever read. Um, so I kind of pulled a few here. They say, so the, the beginning of the website says, revolutionizing filmmaking. Um, welcome to Pigeon Shrine, a boutique film studio that is redefining the filmmaking landscape. We have developed a process we call synth-assisted production, our unique blend of advanced tools and innovative virtual technology that revolutionizes the way films are made. Um, synth-assisted production <laughs> fuels efficient filmmaking. This approach allows independent films to scale new heights, putting them on par with major studio productions, which... You know, regardless of what we want or think of this, that is such an absurd sentence to put. Um, Saying, you know, even trying to compare independent films to major studio productions. Um, And then, yeah, lastly, they say, in the world of filmmaking, we're leading the charge towards a future where superior production quality is available to all. At Pigeon Shrine, we don't just make films. We're paving the way for the future of the industry forever. Um obviously ridiculously bold claims and regardless of what we think about this use of tech and stuff to even putting that to one side even just giving them the benefit of the doubt there's there's nothing to back this up there's nothing on the website um if they are a relatively small company or whatever that's fine i, feel, I don't I understand me, it's a troll like don't don't, don't fall for it like, well, that's not, you know, not I'm, real. I'm giving them i'm giving them all of the benefit of the doubt here and no, i'm no, still no. Saying, I, I'm, like, I'm saying it's genuinely not a thing like not yeah. i think it's i think it's made up i think it's going to be some plot for a movie or something oh uh, you think this is like an arg yeah yeah i think this is like cloverfield like a, a cloverfield project or something that's sponsoring fright fest oh that would make so much sense but i, I think the sad reality is that this is like a bunch of companies that just have a bunch of money and and listen like i'm kind of jumping all over the place because i've been i've been kind of at odds with a lot of this fright fest news over the last week but like I get it, it's a sponsor. It doesn't matter. Um, it's it's whoever bid the highest is what Fright Fest should take because it protects the future of the yeah. festival. That's all we really care about. Having said that, whilst sponsorship in general and advertising sucks, when it's something that you like, I think it makes such a huge difference. And I think it makes me question a lot. Like for example, is Arrow's presence at Fright Fest gone now entirely? Yeah. Um, because not only were they the lead sponsor, they had the best booth by far to buy films at the festival, and they had that that baked in relationship where um 
Arrow, as well as Shudder, which is no also no longer a sponsor because they don't sponsor any of the screens anymore. You know, neither of these two massive horror companies that we love are sponsoring this festival anymore. <laughs> are they going to pick up any of these films, or, or has something happened? Again, I'm, I'm, you know, just hypothesizing here, but like that's very disappointing to me. And, and again, I'm only speaking from a fan perspective because I'm sure there are plenty of business reasons why all this has happened, and we can kind of tie all this in together with the the downsizing and the and the getting rid of the Prince Charles. Um, and again, I will say, and then throw over to you. Like, I can't judge the lineup. That's why we're not talking about this here because mm. I just haven't done the research into it. And and the mo- you know, tickets went on sale. The festival passes they sold out. Um, so people are still going to go to this, and I hope everyone has an awesome time. But purely for me, from a fan perspective, losing the two sponsors that I loved, um, and then obviously the lack of the Prince Charles. Like, we spend so much money and time. It's so expensive going to London for multiple days, bank holiday weekend in August. Um, in yeah, the hotels, the, the food, you know, it's not just the tickets. No, everything. And so if I'm going all that way... I want to go to the Prince Charles because I fucking love it. So, like, it would already be like, okay, now I've got a hope that weekend they'll be showing some cool stuff. And then that's already going to take away from the whole point of why I'm going to the festival. Or, sorry, why I'm going to the city in the first place. So, I'm, I think this is all very disappointing. And I hope this doesn't affect the festival going forward. And obviously, I hope everyone has a great time. But yeah, I know there's a lot here to unpack, but you can kind of pick at this however you wish to because there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, my head hurts. It really does. And like, it's really hard because you don't want to just put a negative spin on everything. But I do think Mm. that everything, you know, like I say, the films will hopefully speak for themselves and we will see, you know, we already know what the festival is going to be in the way of films and we, we have a great time with it. You know, I don't think they get in crazy big films, but every year we've gone, we've found gems that we've, we've had a great time with, you know, just, you know, um, you know, just just two weeks ago, you know, I was talking about getting to rewatch Lola and and having the most amazing time watching this movie that I would have never seen in a million years if I had not gone to Fright Fest. So, like, those experiences will hopefully still be there, and and that's the most important thing. But everything that you've just spoken about to me is 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 really disappointing, and and does you know it does diminish what a fright fest experience is for me. You know, the number one with a bullet is Prince Charles. You know, that place is special that, um, that, that just, I think as well, it it just makes it feel like more of a, a a experience that you're doing, you know, wandering down to that, to this little old theater and going in there and, and, you know, just having these different experiences and kind of almost having that different mindset that you're going to have a different experience. Like it's, it's weird because probably now all of the films are going to be shown on a bigger, better screen because of it. But I want that that smaller experience, that more intimate mm. experience with a more intimate, smaller film. And, you know, some of the discussions that you get with the filmmaker and those little Prince Charles screens have been very special. So, you know, it, it, it it's it's difficult either way when you when I actually think about the actual physical screen and the cinema that they're replacing it with. But just the 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 cinema itself just is huge, huge disappointment for me. Um, you know, the, the, the sponsor, the actual like losing arrow and shudder was the thing that I kind of, you know, was, was really looking at I, the whole pigeon shrine thing is a new, new information as to what that <laughs> is. And I guess I'll put a pin in that for a second, but I think like, <clears throat> You know, yeah, I'm half joking about that stuff, but I just found it interesting when I didn't well, go down that rabbit hole. I, 
I mean, yeah, I do want to, but maybe get there if if we have time. But I just because <laughs> you know, there's so much. Because I do think that you know, the whole experience was that the Arrow booth and that experience, and then the post Fright Fest is that eventual rollout, that excitement that like you know arrow was was announcing like we've picked this movie up or like the the blu-rays come in asap and you know that was always good you know the fact that that shutter relationship was there seeing these movies flow through you know it is the tail end of it and ultimately as long as these movies are still getting distribution um great but it kind of felt like it felt like fright fest was an avenue for these movies to to get to get on those platforms and now it feels like Fright Fest is just just a, a, a such a smaller scale thing. The fact that these two people are seemingly absent, you know, the the, the drop of sponsorship and and you know everything just makes it sound and feel more scale backed. And I just truly hope that's not the case, um, you know. And and I do I do find it just so crazy that the sponsor is this weird website that is alluding towards this strange AI in a world where, you know, this week all production of everything has just ceased in the, in the film and TV world because of this exact issue. And then a film, you know, uh, festival, independent film festival festival is having that as the main sponsor. It Mm. feels incredibly cringy and really, unfortunate with the timing and and maybe unfortunate with what this is and and because because who the hell knows it's it feels like a joke like it really does like the 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 timing of this and what this is um and 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 i don't want to point too many fingers and, and be too damning because it is just a just a sponsor like you say and b we don't really know the specifics, but when, when you were reading that, I, it blew my mind. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is rough. Like, I'm like, I, you know, it, like my, my gut visceral reaction when you were reading that was like, it makes me want to be less associated with, with Fright Fest hearing that and having that as a yeah. sponsor. You know, i got to be honest, like that's truly, you know, what I was thinking. Whereas when you see Arrow, and it's like Arrow are trying to keep physical media alive and they're trying to keep, they're trying to restore horror on, you know, they're trying to get the best versions of horror out there. They're trying to keep physical media going. I'm like, that is, that is a brand that I want to champion and support. And when, when you read me a couple of paragraphs of what this is, I'm like, Oh no, this is, this is my worst nightmare. And, and it should be, it should be anyone's worst nightmare that, that truly love film and also love independent film. You know, I think yeah. that that statement of being like independent movies can can you know stand alongside blah 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 load of bollocks. I'm like, no, exactly what we've just said. You know, what I've just been talking about, Lola, is just this incredible independent movie that that I don't want it to be on this big scale budget. Having this person that just put their life into this project for years and created this really special bit of art is what independent movies are you know this week we've just seen mission impossible at the cinema do i love mission impossible or lola more i don't know i love them both for very different reasons and i want both to exist at the end of the spectrum. i'll answer that question later don't worry yeah but but, but <laughs> i know what you're saying though <laughs> it's outrageous because you know mm. they're, 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 there's it's apples and oranges and they're two ends of the spectrum and i want both to exist and and so yeah like 
everything hurts. My brain truly hurts from all of yeah, these things. I think at best that that sponsorship is tone deaf. Yeah. But at its worst, it really is everything you've just said and more. Yeah. Where it, it's it is so emblematic of a huge issue right now that is yeah, timing is everything and optics is everything. And for that for this festival that stands for so much so well, let, let alone the fact that let, let's not forget this is a genre film festival. Mm. And all of their big lead sponsors were dedicated towards genre films. And there isn't anything on this website that has or ha anything to do with that. Yeah. You know, this really is something completely in, in another realm. Um, and it's like it's so barely linked to even film. I think, like I say, what their end goal and what they want the future of films to be is so radically different to what I think most people that go to Fright Fest for. The other side of it as well is like, Let's not pretend that there isn't a huge amount of advertising at Fright Fest. And again, mm. I get, I get it, and I can, I can look yeah, at it from a business value. perspective, yeah, and understand Ooh. why that happens. But as a fan, I can also talk shit about it. Like I hate the, the amount of ads we have to sit through at the normal cinema, like what we did at the weekend. Mm. Let alone when I'm paying a premium and we still have to sit through ads. But when I'm seeing ads for all of the latest Shudder and Arrow releases, it really doesn't bother me. But if I'm sitting there and all they've got to show at this point in August is maybe like a six minute someone talking to the camera and just saying all these stupid statements like i really want to know what the advertising for this brand is going to look like come august yeah you're right it's um, going to be fascinating so that's something that i would love for people to, to let us know what that's like before all of the films um but yeah it like i say I'm, i i completely echo everything you've said and it's one of those cases that we hate where we have to give our opinion and our opinion is unfortunately negative on something that we love um and I, that's kind of where i want to end this is that this is clearly from a place of love everyone who knows us and has listened for years knows how much we love fright fest and it will, it will forever be linked with this podcast you know from the moment we got to see rob zombies 31 back in 2016 um and we've been huge champions of the festival for many many years and we still will and i really hope that we get to go again in the future it was just it was you know regardless of this we'd already made the decision which i'm glad you know we didn't have to make the decision off the back of this mm. um it would have been it, it would have been interesting you know because that is the mm. thing like we've looked at it with a lens that we knew we couldn't go regardless yeah and like um you know i i really would be fascinated to know what our decision was you know and it, it, ultimately we would have sat down and, and analyzed the films more you know that would have been yeah. the answer yeah and like i think i would have liked to have known because mm. right now there's a lot of unknowns there's the big changes, the lack of Prince Charles, the change of this dubious sponsor, all of this stuff. And I think if we'd have gone and had like a genuine that would have made this a lot easier to decide for us like we could have said like mm. they've made these changes they've downscaled they've done this they've done that and we don't think it's worth the value anymore whereas unfortunately we're just not gonna be able to make that decision mm. or at least we can't you know make that decision because we're not going so yeah it's it is unfortunate but like i say it's it's sold out there are some cool looking films there you know there are some cool guests and stuff so i really hope everyone that does go has a great time and i really hope these minor problems aren't major problems um because the last thing i'd want to see is is this festival go away i'd be i'd be so sad it'd be like one of the worst things we could possibly report on this on this podcast if yeah sure. you know, and, and this and that is a reality like it's tough for everyone to continue to do these things you know mm. like every festival like big music festivals have come and gone and stuff and so for this genre specific we're so lucky that we have such a good horror film festival in this country and i'd be gutted if it went away i really would yeah, um, yeah i definitely echo that 
But uh, yeah, moving on. There's a couple of quick hits now. Um, this one's quite nice, but again, we'll have more to say in a couple of months. Um, the the nominations for the Emmys got announced in the past week, um, and I, for one, am very curious to see how our our beloved The Last of Us is going to get on. Um, obviously, I like to see this. It's not hugely important to us. I, I I'm always like I like the awards um, when there's stuff I'm invested in, and, and clearly I am with this show. Um, but yeah, the nominations, it's been a huge success. It's the second most nominated show, um, with 24 total nominations across everything. Um, only second to Succession with 27. Um, and also The White Lotus was third with 23, which are all HBO shows as the top three, which just shows their unbelievable dominance um it's also nominated for the big three so it's nominated for outstanding drama series as well as outstanding lead actor for pedro and a lead actress for bella um so it's not just technical stuff even though i'm sure that's where it's going to really clean up on the kind of visual effects hair mm. and makeup and costume and all that stuff that is clearly so phenomenal um but yeah like i say it's in mid-september so we'll talk about it then um i've been pretty bold with my predictions in the last of us in the past and they've always come true what i will say with this is i'm not confident um in fact on the opposite i do not think it stands a chance of winning outstanding drama series this year um because i think you've got two massive heavy hitters in their final season or you know this was their final seasons in better call soul and succession two massively beloved shows i think in general awards are given out more for final seasons of tv um and that's something that i actually agree with i think it's cool to kind of give shows their flowers when they're done um because i think it's the hardest thing to do to end a show well and so when these you know these two shows i've not watched either so i can't comment but i know they're very very well received um so i think it's between them so i think it is like the third outside favorite um i think pedro is probably the best shout but again i still think there's a, there's more established actors that have played those characters for longer and it's their last hurrah whereas they clearly know this is the, just the beginning for the last of us um but yeah very very happy for it and, and obviously extremely deserved like the last of us is is such a huge hit now it's become a household name which is mind-blowing to us um but yeah do you, do you have anything to add about the last of us's great success no um, <laughs> that's fine really, i know you're not like, i know you're not an award guy like me no i think it's just uh, yeah I, I get frustrated by it all my my the thing i'm most excited about is that 4k has just dropped for the last mm. of us yeah so that, that's that's more exciting for me than than the norms uh to actually have that 4k and you know some extra features and that sort of thing so i'm i'm more looking forward to a rewatch than anything else yeah enjoy that because that's probably all we're going to get for the next couple of years yeah like i'm not going to dive in to the 4k <laughs> for sure because i am like do you know what like i got i gotta save this like because it's gonna it's gonna be a while yeah, I Any only played... big production TV show is, uh, yeah, it's a ways out, guys. I only played both games back in December, and I already feel like I need to just play them again, because, mm. like I say, we're not getting the TV show, we're certainly not getting a game anytime soon, so <laughs> we're just not getting anything, unfortunately, for a very long time. Um... But oh well, just enjoy what we have. Um, and then, yeah, lastly, just a couple of trailers. I kind of ended up just watching like about 10 trailers in the past week of just random shit online um, to try and get a sense of what's coming. And there was a couple that I wanted to put in here just because I found them quite interesting for different reasons. Um, this first one's a, a new horror movie called Don't Look Away, um, which is out in September. And this was such a strange one because it's, it's so clearly aping It Follows um for people that haven't seen this it's like it follows but with mannequins 
um you know so it's these mannequins that are staring at you and the second you look away like a sort of weeping angel type mechanic say, it sounds like weeping angels mate yeah and apparently it is based on some video game and that's it's, it's a mechanic that has been used greatly especially in the resident evil games recently because yeah. i love it um but i thought the trailer was was wacky and fun and i don't think that's what they were going for i think they think this is like an elevated serious it follows type film but i thought it looked kind of stupid and fun for that reason um so yeah i'm interested in this but it almost because it, it's probably going to be quite cringy in a fun way um did you did you see this trailer no i didn't it sounds it it sounds like hilarious just the synopsis and synopsis alone mm. i'm like you know what like that that, that sounds goofy enough uh where i'm like that's that's funny it's played um, so straight straight and like the the font and the kind of tagline and everything is so clearly trying to be it follows um yeah. which which i think was so not remotely goofy or funny any of it i didn't think and so just like i think it just that i see of like the mannequin looks hilarious like yeah, the mannequin and, itself you know doesn't look like it's being serious <laughs> it's all, but it really is though like i don't again maybe i'm wrong and, and i'm just playing into their hands but i don't think they're going for like fun and silly i think they're going for like serious but who knows that's obviously just a tonal thing if it's fun it's fun um but the next movie definitely looks fun which is absurd um called the retirement plan um which is yep. apparently out in august and yeah nick cage just doesn't miss right now he has found his niche and you're either gonna love it or hate it because it's it is just what he does now and i love it um and i think this movie looks ridiculous you know it's another one of these nick cage kind of is he playing himself who knows this kind of guy on a beach um you know somewhat like a not john wick i guess more like a taken i guess type film um <laughs> or like a, oh, i don't know the if f- there's a plot i don't i don't think there's a plot i think you i think you've gone too far into it already yeah. like people people just follow nick cage around these days yeah and and to see what he's up to to see what he's up to and, mm. and and occasionally asks him like if you could make a movie about something what would you do and then he just starts like riffing with other people and they film it and it happens you know sometimes yeah. he's pedro pascal and sometimes he's not you know and who knows like you know sometimes he puts in you know vampire teeth and and dicks around for a couple of hours like you just don't know yeah, you know, he really. His, his I was gonna say, like, his acting style is just like jazz. Like, you just don't know yeah. where it's gonna go at any point. And yeah, I love it for that reason. Like, it's uh it's more of like an action comedy. This one, but it's you know got some sort of bloody violence in it. But yeah, it looks fun. Like, uh, yeah, to be like honest, seventies Stephen King played jazz. That's that's what that's what <laughs> Nick Cage does now. Yeah, like I have no idea if we're going to cover this or whatever, but I just wanted to talk about it because Nick Cage is no, so we're, much we're fun. No, we're not cover it because it's not a horror movie. To say <laughs> it, but I can tell you that now. I just uh, wait until just okay. wait until I'm going to float as an idea to cover for next week. We'll get to that yeah. at the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I watched. It's funny because I probably, like I said, I watched about ten trailers, and these were the two that I thought were noteworthy. <laughs> yeah, welcome to me at this time. Why do you think I do this once a year, mate? Yeah, I know. I can't do this on a weekly, like, try to find horror movies. Like, it's so funny because I never do this either, but there were so many that were, like, announced that were all coming sort of this summer. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to invest some time. And my God, were so many of them just so forgettable and dull. But yeah. And I think that's why, like, you know, something like Fright Fest, that's why we love it so much because at least we know there's a level of curation to it. And we might not (laughs) always be be like akin to to the four guys' tastes or whatever, but at least we know it's gone through, like, 
something you know some sort of vetting whereas you know when you're out there in the wild west trying to find horror movies it can it can be a it can be a weird weird place <laughs> well, i also think as well like you're guaranteed to see at least probably 10 that you don't really know much about so yeah. just playing the odds you're gonna get a couple that you love like mm. <laughs> you know like out of these 10 trailers i watched and probably none of them are that good i'm sure i'd end up enjoying a couple and they probably wouldn't be the ones i'd assume based upon the trailers um but yeah, all a good, all in good fun. Um, but yeah, should we should we talk about this week's film? Oh shit! Yeah, I suppose we should. Let's talk about Bird Box Barcelona. So, yeah, this is such a strange project that this yeah. exists. We talked about this in the news. I can't remember when. I think it was this year. Um, but just out of nowhere, it was like Netflix are finally doing like they do this so often with their big films where they say they're going to do sequels straight away and they kind of never do. Like mm. like um, that Mil- that Will Smith movie. Was it called Bright or something? That was oh, like, yeah, yeah. That was like their crazy big budget one. Back yeah, like, they've had so many of these. And like and granted, they do pump out a lot of sequels to stuff because I think like Extraction just got a sequel and some other stuff that I've not really seen. But like it's weird the amount of ones you would think like i would have assumed bird box based upon you know it was popular and was well received and i and i think that it was it was easy to franchise it so like i really thought we would have got bird box 2 almost immediately um and we just didn't um but yeah now we get a franchise movie that's kind of set in that world but we don't have any idea in terms of like i'm glad because obviously it's been five years since we saw bird box um seen that movie once and i thought it was fine at the time um mm. but i can't remember almost anything about it you know we've we've literally covered hundreds of films, films for the podcast yeah. since then um and i wasn't going to start reading synopsises of it i really didn't care so i i went into this one pretty blind um pun intended yeah. um where like say i'd not seen a trailer i'd not read a synopsis i just knew there was another bird box i assumed it was foreign language and then i hit play um so yeah that was my kind of introduction to this film and i'm assuming you were the same because that's typically Um, your introduction (laughs) yeah yeah Um, i mean i to the point that because what was the um quiet place ripoff that netflix did yeah it was called like the silence or something Something like like that. that i'm not gonna lie got got that confused with bird box yeah so yeah, I, I, you know, I started watching this and I was so confused initially because, yeah, haven't seen Bird Box for years. Remember liking it, but couldn't. I just remembered that they weren't allowed to see for some reason. Yeah. And I couldn't remember exactly what that reason was. No, same. <laughs> and, and so, you know, reestablishing this world and, and, yeah, basically, you know, the, the world, the, the, the um, BBCU, as it's now called, um it it is basically that there is this entity that that um we don't really know whether i don't think we still know truly what it is whether it's a life form or or an entity or what it is but basically gonna call it an entity appears on earth you know day one day day zero whatever you want to call it outbreak day 
And as soon as you see it, your eyes kind of glaze over and you immediately or 99% of people immediately commit suicide in whatever manner they can end their life the quickest after seeing this entity. Um, so the kind of initial kind of setup of, of, of Bird Box and Bird Box Barcelona is really kind of seeing those rules in action and seeing these people just kind of, you know, on outbreak day that, you know, you're literally running around in chaos and people in cars are crashing into each other. People are jumping out of buildings, you know, people are getting more creative on how to, to kill themselves as well. And it's just, it's, it's carnage basically. Um, and yeah, in, you know, Bird Box Barcelona, we kind of meet our kind of, we meet multiple kind of, um, groups of characters i guess throughout the movie but our our lead is kind of sebastian and he mainly kind of meets up with a lady called claire i think and then is it sophia little girl i think and basically these are three survivors it's been about what is it about nine months after the outbreak yeah and we're now kind of yeah that they've they've established that because this was the thing that I couldn't remember the rules from the first movie and they're following the move, the rules in this movie. So the entity can't seem to go inside or, or it has to be in daylight. I I couldn't quite remember the specifics. Could you? No, I I would assume it's daylight. Yeah. But, or or just outsideness because I Mm. I think you can still be around at night. Like I'm not sure, but but basically, if you're inside, you're relatively safe from the entity unless sunlight comes in. So I think it is like daylight. Um, you know, natural light is what 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 kind of causes you to see this entity. Um, and so our characters, yeah, are mostly hidden inside. And if they ever go outside, they they cover their eyes so they don't see this entity. And they can they can get around and and kind of you know, navigate and stay alive. And the entity has kind of figured this out. And so when I said 99% of people um, commit suicide, there is the 1% that kind of have formed this, this cult, this kind of, you know, um, cult, you say cult. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested. Go on. (laughs) Um, that, that basically are trying to make everyone see the lights and, they are actively pulling people out of their their safe havens inside and forcing their eyes open to uh, see this entity. Um, to what end? I'm not. I'm not really sure. That they're just seemingly brainwashed by this entity. So they're just that they they are basically the conduits. That, you know these you know lifeless zombies almost where they're they're just pulling these people out. Um, and and yeah, we we join kind of Sebastian. Um, you know, I think I, I guess do we do we throw up any sort of spoiler warning when we go into Sebastian or? or yeah, what, it's really? so difficult, isn't it? Because um, yeah. I don't know what's been shown, obviously. No, and I do. I'm just was... going to go for it a bit, like mild <laughs> spoiler warning, because I think it's like you know what, maybe maybe like first twenty minutes, and then we get this reveal. Yeah, um, it is like the best part of the film, though. 
All right. Well, we don't have to. Like, it's yeah, just, it's it's just so, kind it's of really go on. Like, we, we can go on from there, maybe. Yeah, uh, we should, I feel like we've already spoken way too much about the plot anyway, so let's leave it for now. Yeah, um, because, yeah, I, I feel like I, you know, spoke about the world and, like, I think, like, the, the world and the idea of Bird Box is interesting. Like, mm. and I think when we spoke about the first movie, you know, going back five years ago in my head now, like, I think we said the similar things to what I'm going to say now, where it's like, I like the, the premise and the idea, but I'm not so sure about the execution. And, and I'm the same with this, where this felt the same, where I was kind of, A, I don't think this movie does a good job of reintroducing you to this world five years beyond. You know, I, I don't think the owner should be on me to rewatch Bird Box or do a recap. I think they should do it in a way that doesn't take up a lot of the film, but explain things a bit better um you know in particular about the kind of hiding and that sort of thing and 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 what's safe and what's not because unless i'm an idiot or or just missed missed it like i was i found myself confused with that law watching this movie throughout where i just was i just gave up caring whether the characters were safe or not um and and yeah and i kind of just feel like once you kind of get the 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 craziness of of day zero and the kind of outbreak day and and everyone going nuts and and then you've just got a group of survivors i just think this this story then falls flat where i'm like i just don't really care about the world or the survival anymore you know i think you know when we talk about quiet place and these creatures are still knocking off people i think there's a lot of stories and tension that can be drawn out of this but with this it's just like it's just a load of people walking around with their eyes shut and i just don't you know, I'm sure people would say that about Quiet Place. They're just walking around quietly. But I just don't know. There was, is it just in the execution or is it just this idea just falls flat once you've got all the, the carnage out of the way? But I, I ultimately enjoyed the, the flashbacks and kind of the more action-y set pieces. But then when we actually got into the cults and what this was about and, and all of that, like I, I wasn't super into it. By the end of it, this this kind of as always with these um you know these post-apocalyptic outbreaky type things this this kind of promise of a safe haven i i never truly believe in it like i like it just it's, it just doesn't exist all i'm like all i think is well next season it's going to go to shit or next movie it's going to go to shit like there's no such thing as a safe haven in these awful post-apocalyptic worlds so when these characters are spending the whole movie trying to get somewhere i just don't i'm i've kind of I'm, I'm a bit over it and and i kind of i'm almost like just just chill where you were like you know you, you were as safe where you were at the start of this movie really yeah there's more people around you and you've got some, you know a bit, bit more comfort but it's all gonna go to shit anyway and mm. that's <laughs> i don't know like i said I, I ended up feeling pretty down on this one i i it didn't it didn't live up to what I kind of hoped it would be. And then when, then when I, once I'd finished seeing it, I was like, I don't really know what I hoped it would be because this is probably what it should be. And and I just didn't really want it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting one. Cause I think like your individual points, I probably agree with quite a bit, but I do have a different feeling on the film overall. Cause I did quite like this. Um, I think the, I thought, like, the first 20 minutes was awesome, truly, um, which, again, we will get into, but, like, I think the I think 
again, I completely agree with what you said in terms of the law is so confusing mm. um, because it's a really ambiguous rule set. What what actually is it, and then what how it affects people differently? But that's just kind of what this is, yeah. and it, it's never going to be explained to you. So you kind of have to go with it. So it's like. Again, this is why I say, like, I agree and disagree, because I agree with that point, but I do disagree in terms of it, it not um, putting you back in the world after five years, because I really like the intro. Like, it's very simple. It's just him and his daughter walk in. You know, they establish the blindfold stuff. They get attacked and all that stuff. Like, to me, I was kind of in it straight away. Like, when he, you know, tracks down those first people and goes to the bus shelter, that's, like, the first sort of location mm. he goes to. Like, it, it reminded me straight away, like, oh yeah it's the it's you can't look thing and again like i wasn't thinking too much about the specifics at this point of like wait what is it is it daylight can it see you at night which again i think are all valid questions um but i was just back in there and i was like oh yeah i remember bird box like this is a different feeling and i do think that the original movie was was 100 a victim of when it got released yeah um, for sure like no question about it we've seen that time and time again with with films and, and definitely certain video games as well where like if they come out to something so similar it's just those comparisons and, and when it's clearly the inferior product like no one's gonna argue i don't think or certainly they shouldn't the bird box is even in, even close to the level of a quiet place but i think if we'd have seen that like last year i think we'd have really liked it and we'd have liked it more but again that's not too relevant here because i think this is purely just you know hypothesizing um so I think this movie coming out where I'm like, oh, yeah, it's reestablished that I liked Bird Box and we haven't seen anything like this in a while. I was having a lot of fun. I think the first 20 minutes just goes. I think, again, plot, which we'll get into, was super left field and I didn't see coming. I think there's like an amazing twist early on where I was, was like, oh. I was so confused. Like, at yeah. that point, I like, was like, what, what is going on? Because, yeah. it's, again, it's so rare when you watch a movie that does something where i'm like okay this isn't some weird surrealist movie like what we saw a few weeks ago where i feel like they aren't going to explain it. i'm like no they're going to explain these actions and right now if you said to me what's happening i wouldn't be able to explain it so i loved that and and they and it is explained as well so like i thought it was great um so i think it starts off really strong for me where i was like oh my god this is this is actually awesome um but then it does slow down um i think when he gets to this other group and then it does become exactly what you said of just people treaching around with blindfolds you're not really attached to anyone in the group um pretty generic kind of stuff that they're doing where it's like oh here's some raiders or whatever and and now there's the spooky monster you know is starting to anti-grav the 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 place around them so it must be nearby like it really starts to feel generic in the middle of the film which is a shame because i think it was it was so anything but that like i can't understate i think how different the start of this movie felt to, to the middle part um because it really just felt like it was swerving you and it was really exciting and interesting and pretty gory at the start as well like some good horror in there and then it just kind of goes pretty tame and a lot of the kills end up being a lot off screen in the middle of the film as well like it just it really slows down yeah, um, yeah and like then you get the flashbacks which I think it's good, but there's too many of them. They're too slow. And I also feel like they, in the present, they've already told me everything I needed to know, 
with oh. Sebastian, which I thought was awesome. And so yeah. you see it play out, and it's it's fine, and it gets you to where you need to go. But I would have rather have just assumed that because everything that I assumed was what was shown and it didn't add anything to it. It just slowed it down where I was like, yeah, I kind of get Sebastian and his daughter's relationship at this point, And I get why he's motivated to do what he's doing. Um, but so then to slowly painfully see it play out, I was like, yeah, it, it played out the way I thought it would. But like, I didn't need any of that. Um, so then it, it slowed in the middle, which was unfortunate. And then, yeah, I think the ending, um, again is nowhere near as good like i think the ending kind of it becomes a lot more of a generic tale specifically with sebastian who i who i think in general is a really awesome character but he becomes so much more of a typical protagonist in the finale i think what made him so interesting in the first act and the second act is thrown away um for a kind of i get it it's like a redemption arc but i don't think it's earned um and by the end of it he could just be any other you know civilian who's trying to save the kid and and get them to their destination and and you hit the nail on the head as well like that as a trope sucks so bad like it's so boring and and the second it is like that's going to be the finale of our movie of especially when it's like we need to get this little girl to this safe location it's just like come on we've, we've done this so much now and and but the but yeah the safe location thing I'll, i'm totally with you of like it feels like such a cheat code in these films where i'd much rather they just existed and we're just like yep this sucks we need to just make the most of it rather than like oh it's all going to be perfect and we're all going to live you know fairy tale lives and, and it does have somewhat of a fairy tale ending as well especially yeah. with a little girl like it's kind of preposterous oh, yeah. how much of an upbeat ending it is and and the ending scenes after that feel so bolted on. They felt like they were from a completely different film. Where I was like, wait, what's going on now with this? And then the movie just kind of ended. And I was like, wow, that was so unsatisfying. So, like, I really went on a journey with this film because I loved the way it started so, so much. I found the middle to just be a bit too long. It Again, it wasn't bad. It was just a bit too, like, dragged out. And it needed to have more reinventions like like it it did so much in the first act that i didn't see come in it then followed a very familiar blueprint in the middle part and then just had such an unsatisfying inclusion to me um for for such a long movie you you really have and it's i guess it's not super long because it's just under two hours but it really felt longer than that to me it felt long because you know once we had that set up it was just so long then getting to the finale really yeah, completely you know, agree. It's like a middle fifty minutes, isn't it? It's it it funny. Yeah, mm. like once you know what the what's going on, the flashbacks are pretty unnecessary. Yeah, and, I and that's agree. the problem. You know that then there's just far too much. I think as well, like um, you know, with like talking talking shit about it being like a basic post-apocalyptic plot i do think it's worth mentioning that like you know literally this you know this podcast we've spoken about the last of us already and that is literally like get the young girl who might be the the cure to 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 people that can extract it and it's like you know that is almost the same as what we're describing here in terms of a simplistic post-apocalyptic idea but it but it is just all about the execution and the characters and you know with this it was just like these are almost nameless characters, you know, and it's not the it's not the language barrier and it's not anything like that. It's just that they're a bit pointless. And like Sebastian, again, like this, you know, you, are you meant to like him? Are you meant to root for him? Like, you know, the other characters have no backstory. Like the little girl is just like, I've lost my mum. 
and the and the other woman is just 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 like there do you know what i mean mm. like she just happens to be the one that that, that sticks around i, I don't I, I never think felt the characters are like that. Are just there, like the two other guys yeah. that, that are the, not the old guy who's in the relationship, but the two other younger guys. They're just there. <laughs> yeah, and there's just no. Yeah, like there's there's literally no story for them, which is fine. Mm. Like you know, it is just uh, you know. But when you when you have no relationship with the character, it, it just carries way less weight. And then you know, I'm not rooting for for Claire and Sophia to get to the end i really just i'm not fussed and i think that's why it it, it dropped down you know a lot it, it, once we get to those final final acts because yeah i do think you know as you say the first 20 minutes is good like i certainly weren't as high on it as you but it it does throw you back in the world in an interesting enough way and certainly when when the whole bus scene starts to happen i was like you where i'm like I re I'm so confused. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why is this happening? But I knew that, yeah, it wasn't, it was going to explain it to me and it did. And I found that kind of satisfying. And when we got later on into the movie, it just, that disappears where this conflict for the character and this, the, you know, the, the kind of, you know, what this entity does to control your mind and all of that just, just kind of eliminates. And it's just, you know, the, we just kind of get this point where it's like, nah, just, just not going to bother anymore. Mm. Like, I'm good. And I'm like, what? what? Why? Like, you know, that that's that's probably more important than getting to safety right now. Like, how did this happen? Like, you know, I would be focusing on that if I were these people. Yeah, that should almost be like the, the link to cure in this thing. Because yeah. I do think there are interesting stuff here. Like, they kind of hint at it towards the end of like, why this entity um does different things to different people you know based yeah. upon their background and their emotions and stuff and i think that there is so much good shit here mm. and i think that's what's disappointing because i think what sebastian is as a lead character at the start is fascinating for this world again like he is the almost complete opposite of what you'd expect in this type of film um yeah. because he is, he is such a malevolent force yeah, like he, I, I just, I love that. And I think that he, um, it is just a shame because by the end of it, he is just generic hero protagonist. But I think when he's doing what he's doing at the start, I'm like, oh, this is like, I'm like, why are we aligned with this guy? Like, it feels yeah. kind of gross and kind of wrong, which I loved. Um, where I was like, man, I can't believe this is what our lead character is doing. And yeah, I, everything up until that bus stuff was so good. And it, and it is really a shame because. Yeah, it just it loses steam. And I think it's a shame because uh, like I still didn't hate this and I think this is one of those conversations that's going to sound super negative. It, it, and it's funny cuz juxtaposition to last week's film about like Insidious. I loved this like not I didn't love this film. I th I thought this was so much better than Insidious last week. Like I had a such better time watching this, but I think the conversation has clearly have been much more negative with this film. Um and that's just the way it goes sometimes because yeah. I think this had this had we we kind of both said Insidious had promise really and just fell off and I think this is similar but just for completely different reasons because I think like that opening was so strong and I really thought like oh they're gonna nail this and I and I I do want to take a step back as well and talk about like just the the actual premise of all of this in terms of setting a foreign language film as a franchise installment which we talked about when this was announced but like i fucking love this so much right, like I said yeah. before like the the room for again drink every time we mention the last of us but like in a quiet place and stuff where it's like 
well, it's so centered around it, one place always and it's almost always the united states and so i like the idea of of pulling it back and we've said before like showing that it's a worldwide thing that's that's affecting people in different ways and maybe there's different variants as well and and, and inhabit in different time periods like god there's so much potential for this the idea of the last of us you know in um africa or something would would be fascinating to me it would be so cool i think it's you know for me it was um the end of 20 weeks later yeah you you said that back in the day where i was just like you know i i want i want to see what happened to paris Mm. you know did our characters from 28 weeks later cause the downfall of europe you know and 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 like i found that really fascinating and we just never got to see it and like yeah i love the idea of this this global pandemic being uh uh, uh or you know be it being this multi-movie thing where we get to see you know these character stories in spain some in america some in england yeah you know africa wherever and like that yeah that that is a really cool idea and i do tip my hat to netflix for doing it with this um i I was wondering as well did you watch this dubbed or no um subtitled no i did subtitled because i i prefer that anyway but i also had a feeling that this would have some english speaking in it especially because it's bird box and it ended up having obviously an english character um so there was like some english there was a german character as well and i I did yeah i didn't find the subtitles to be a problem at all yeah i um i I watched it dubbed Mm. um mainly because it was just the the standard like i don't was yours automatically subtitled or yeah mine yeah mine mine was defaulted to that oh that's weird because yeah mine defaulted to dub so i don't know whether that's just what i've done in the had in the past it might be yeah yeah but i just kind of ended up starting it and and like probably like 10 10 minutes in i was like hang on a second like <laughs> i thought this was going to be a foreign movie and then i like looked at their faces a bit more closely and was like oh hang on <laughs> <laughs> and like it is funny how easily you can switch off like i think the dub was was fine like it was it was a good version um that I, I think i always think like back in the day when you had like these dubbed things and you'd see them and they looked really awful. Mm. Whereas, whereas, yeah, like I thought this was decent enough. Like it was, it was very watchable that way. Um, it's, it's massively improved over the years. I think, yeah. cause like I say, it used to be unwatchable and I, I ended mm. up watching squid game across both. So like mm. some episodes were subbed and some were dubbed for me and both were equally fine. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad I, I watched this because I, I thought, um, I thought like the performances and that were great, especially our, our lead in Sebastian. I thought he was awesome. And yeah, it just, I don't know. It felt like, it felt like they earned that. It felt different. This didn't just feel like America or somewhere else. It felt like a different time and a place. And so I think they, I give it massive props for that. It's like, I want to see more of this. Mm. Whilst this isn't an amazing film. I think it, for me, it started amazing, which was what was so disappointing and ended up being like, okay. Again, I still didn't hate it. I thought by the end of it, I was like, that was fun. Even though like I say it, it does have way too much fat in the middle that could have been trimmed and i think it, it unfortunately just goes down such an obvious route like i yeah. don't I think a lot of people probably won't have as much of an issue with the finale but i was for for a movie that was going so far out of the box early on and that's why i loved it it ends up becoming so routine by the numbers where if i'd have paused it um with 15 20 minutes to go i could have told you perfectly yeah. what was going to happen and who was going to die and who was going to survive and how and who would have the hero's death and you know etc etc and, and it played out 
identically to that um let alone when they get to like the camp i definitely wouldn't have predicted that because it was preposterous but like the actual yeah, you say. know finale of the characters was so painfully aware who was gonna live and die in that group mm-hmm. um because like i said it's like well yeah who who doesn't have a character in this group um so yeah that, that was a shame but i yeah i still i still see value in this like i'm glad I, i'm glad i watched it and it's it's unfortunate that it just continues a trend of like man it's got some great stuff but it just gets bogged down and i feel like that's been such a theme this year in particular where yeah there's been some just like absolute shitters but in general these have been the types of films that have disappointed me when i see potential and i see stuff in them that i think oh this was you know even like knock at the cabin was super similar whereas like it started off so good and then it kind of dragged in the middle and then it had a really shit ending <laughs> and like i feel like that's been the case of like man movies are becoming like everything's a stephen king story they just they just don't know how to end anymore you got um, to stick the landing you know we, we've spoken about it so many times when you watch um you know when you watch a, a movie and and it might be an average movie mm-hmm. and then it has a really good ending and and you just walk away with such you know a higher sense of you know th- this was enjoyable Mm. and and it, it and it is so much harder to get behind a movie you know we we had it um you know we've had it so many times over the years where we're like oh man doctor sleep you know it was like mm. oh this was so good it was so close to perfection but the ending just stunk so badly that like it makes us so angry and then like you watch something like saint maud and you're mm. like man that ending stuck with me and the rest of the movie is elevated because of the end and, and you know it is it is very important yeah, and I think um, you know I do think with this one I yeah I I'm I I don't I probably not like as as low on it as like the initial talk is I do like the first twenty minutes and and overall like I think if they were to say they were doing a, another Bird Box movie I'd be like okay like I'm not I'm not sick and tired of this franchise yet and I and I do wonder like. For me, I'm like, have they made the best Bird Box movie they could yet? Or do I still like the premise and the idea of it more than the execution? Mm. And I think that's probably where I'm at. And, like, I think, you know, like, the fact that we've not even spoken about it hardly, but this whole, like, cult thing and these people wandering around and, like, drawing eyes on people's foreheads and then, like, prizing their eyeballs open, it just, it just is very confusing to me what this is. And, like, I almost feel like they need to be more, like, not not zombie-like, but more, like, in a, clearly in a daze. You know, their eyes should be proper glazed over, and they really should just be the these conduits that, that are just dragging people out. And, and Because I think, like, the, the whole kind of cult angle where they, they are more aware just is, is confusing, you know, and especially when they then start, like, taunting people as well. Mm. And it's like, I don't really feel like that's the, the entity's end game is to be like a cat with a toy. It just wants people to, to, to die. You know, it, it, no part of this is like a game for it, backwards and forwards. Um, so, yeah, it is strange. And I do f- like I find as well that these people were very ill equipped for like nine months of living with this. Like the amount of people that just walked into a room and was surprised that there was a window, mm. you know, and I'm like, mate, you've been alive for nine months. Like how, you know, like <laughs> how, how are you getting caught out that easily? Like, you know, once, once the rules are established, you should be able to 
stay the fuck out of where this entity is. Yeah, I feel unless, like you, just... unless you're getting dragged out. But they just got tricked so easily at times. Like, you know, if you're getting dragged out and getting your eyeballs prized open, that's one thing. But if you just get walk into a room and you're surprised because it's bright, I'm like, you, you, you really shouldn't have lasted that long. Yeah, for sure. I think that there is a couple of things I want to add as kind of positives, but it is going to need a spoiler warning. Um, mm. So we'll throw that up now. And again, this isn't like ending stuff, but it is just it's more to do with what the entity does to people, which isn't just kill themselves. Mm. Um, because, yeah, I do. I really like that there is more hair. And I think this is to me is what made this probably a more enjoyable than the film than the other bird box, because I don't remember anything like that where it was just the kind of like you see it and it's game over um whereas i think the fact that like for example obviously sebastian being our lead the fact mm. that he has seen the entity and it has a completely different effect on him um and especially what that effect is oh god i thought it again it was so cool like i love that he's lost his daughter and his and his wife or his you know his partner or whatever and mm. it has just completely deluded him where it's given him what he wants it's given him his happy ending and through that it's kind of this he's almost like the step between the cult which i think works yeah because he's trying to free people because his daughter's telling him to this this fake vision of his daughter his dead daughter um and through that it's like every time someone kills themselves it's almost like their soul gets bolted out of their body and shoots up into the sky yeah that was that was really interesting it just didn't go anywhere did it but like the initial was so interesting i thought that was so cool because like that's his whole reason for like driving this bus out which again i I thought the, the opening was so sick um so i was like oh this is amazing like like truly i think it's cool that everyone has a different thing sometimes and i wanted to see more of that and i think that the the cult's disappointing because it doesn't seem like they've got it as cool as that um and i think with the cult like especially so that the, they haven't got it as cool as that i love that <laughs> yeah because like that's that that was to me watching it i was like this is genuinely awesome that like i can totally see why now again talking about the why would sebastian do what he done in that in that opening which is so mental mm. um and then you're like oh yeah it's a vision like again i thought it was just so clever where i was like because like, when he leaves his daughter for like ages you know and he's like oh i'll call when it's safe and then he just goes lives with these people for a night i'm like what is he doing and then so yeah getting those i love when you when again the movie doesn't do it often and it only does it in the start really but when you're asking these questions and you get such good answers to them yeah and that's why the, it would be so sick if it just continued that which it doesn't um but i thought that yeah, again visually that was so cool and like we meet a character who kind of blinded himself early on because yeah. he was going to get forced to see the entity and what i would have liked would have been like a blind cult that has that horrifically scarred face yeah that is going around forcibly watching people uh, making people open eyes because again the visualization of seeing someone kicking and screaming with their eyes closed dragged out into the street full-on clockwork orange like peeling back your eyelids until your eyes are open just a very small amount and then it's it it's game over that again is great like that is so much cooler than just people stumbling around in the darkness and oh there's an open window and now i'm dead like i think think, that's what makes it so cool and we needed more of that energy because again there's there's parts of this that I think are super strong, like those moments. And again, like the coal, they end up just being seers like Sebastian, but they're not 
they don't have like a reason other than just being weirdos because i think sebastian is an emotionally vulnerable human being and so that's why the entity has used him like that where it's like oh yeah i could just make him kill himself but i can see a, like the vulnerability in him and and i think that's why it's probably not earned the redemption because at like at a certain point he just kind of figures it out and again, I don't have an answer to that question. I would have rather he just stayed a villain, but I also get that that's kind of crazy. And I think that's why, again, I love the intro. Because I was like, oh, we're being aligned with a piece of shit. Like, he's killing people and he's deluded and we're on we're 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 following a guy who's been completely corrupted by the entity and i get it it's gonna have a redemption arc it needs it but it's just not what i would want from the character um yeah i think yeah. With, the, with the cult like uh, that that's what i was getting at like uh, like not necessarily being like like i say zombified but having like if they were blinded or something like that so they visually mm. looked more exciting and they had more of a reason why they're not like Sebastian or killed themselves. I think that would have been really interesting. Um, and, and, but yeah, I think as well, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to drag down the conversation on the movie, but I think it is like, you know, you've spoken so much about the first 20 minutes and mm. I think it really does show that like, this is an hour and 50 minute movie. Yeah. And it's like the first 20 minutes are good. And it, I don't think there's anything good after that. Like, like the odd, the odd thing. And I think like the whole Sebastian arc, I found very unsatisfying by the end of it, where it is like, you know, this, this entity has destroyed the planet. You know, it's, it's killed most people on the planet and, and turned other people like Sebastian. And for him just to see another young girl in trouble and be like, yeah, I'm out. Like I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm like, it just didn't really make sense to me. Like, you know, why, why now? Like, he's killed other children, or, or you know, dragged them out. Like, you know, he's done these horrific, unforgivable things, but suddenly now he's like, yeah, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, it just, it just didn't feel earned. His, his, you know, his, his switch, and and when it happened, um. You know, we start to see the conflict like a bit earlier on, but at that point, I'm like, I really am just not on board with him, and and that that change, and and the movie lost like almost all interest for me because then I was like, I, you know, I, at this point, I, I I don't enjoy the cult he's getting away from, and I don't enjoy that he's just had this change. I wish he had a stayed more 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 fucked up or had more of a reason you know more more of a you know this, this journey as to why not just like oh yeah that young girl reminds me of my daughter and because i put that necklace on her i'm i'm even more so it just it just felt so easy to get around it yeah i completely agree like i, I don't think his redemption arc is earned mm. i i didn't want that to be the direction that they took sebastian in anyway but if you're going to do that and go a more generic route there needs to be seeds that you've laid in all of these plethora of flashbacks and like i say other than this very just such a basic link like i say of just oh yeah it just reminds me of my daughter so now i'm gonna suddenly not be beholden to the entity and so at that point when he's kind of figured shit out it's like he's Superman because yeah. he's seen the light and survived. And yeah, so he's, he's seen some yeah, really like in the past. Chill now. Yeah, like even even though he's done fucked up shit in the past, like it's over now. Like you've you've won. You saw the light. 
you've gone through it until the end and so it's weird because it's it, it, it almost makes the entity just less strong as well if if someone can just kind of change on a dime the way sebastian does like he there needed to be a big pivotal character reveal there and it, like i say it, it's a shame because i think bird box is unique like it's Ooh. not just a monster um and and again it'd be so easy for it to just be oh yeah it's a monster and if you see it you die um i love that there's nuance here and and different character stuff and i think the setup of seers and making other people do fucked up shit like that's so cool because typically what you'd have would either be monsters or it would then be raiders you know that's Mm. what it always goes to you know it's the people that just want to fucking ruin the world anyway because it's already gone to shit and so i love that there's actually people like sebastian that would want to do good but then got corrupted so you can't even trust the good people and i think that's what this film should have been about um but it's not like it's we're, we're unfortunately talking about premise and hope more than like what the movie actually did delivered by the end of it and i think um, even the the entity as well like um you know in the finale when she's climbing this this big tower and she suddenly kind of goes like oh it's a bit dodgy me actually doing this blind so i'm I gonna take my blindfold <laughs> off so she just kind of whips the blindfold off walks around for a good like five minutes mm. and then the entity eventually and and it's weird because like, you know, it's unclear whether it, you know, it feels like this entity is like a, a creature or, you know, it's 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 a tangible thing that has to get from point A to point B. Mm. It's not just that daylight is now what it is. You know, it has to, you know, uh, similar to Quiet Place, when you make a noise, you're not just automatically pounced upon. The creatures then hear you and come. And if they're close, they come quicker. And, and otherwise... You could you could set off a gunshot and they, the creature doesn't come because there's none near you, you know. And it feels like that a bit with this, but it just felt so weird because it was like so much shit was going on, and then she just like, well, I'm I'm quite I'm, I'm up high, like I can probably have the blindfold off for a bit, and kind of puts it off for a bit, and then kind of, in, you know, with a lot of throughout the whole movie, the second shit starts to levitate, it feels like the entity's there and you get screwed. Mm. shit started to levitate and she was like oh put the old blindfold back on and then she was like good and it just yeah it just felt like a very convenient like uh break away from the rules that we've had for the for the two movies that we've seen yeah like you've just you've definitely just remembered like the worst part of this film because <laughs> that that annoyed the hell out of me it was so dumb what i'll say initially to defend it and then i'll double down on hating it is that <laughs> what I, I agree i think what they have established is that you kind of everything zero gravity everything starts to float you kind of hear like whispers and then it, it arrives so you do have that buffer of time what yeah, i would say defense do. for the characters is that they don't know that so obviously she probably just went fuck it because she needed to see for whatever reason to get up some stairs um even though like they've done way more complicated shit than that in the, in the rest and of the then film was three quarters up by then yeah like it was really not difficult just to follow a, you know there's even a, ha- a nice little handrail mm. um so there wasn't a reason for it anyway but i think she she just went screw it and just got lucky so that's what i'll say to defend it but then to double down on it like it, as a viewer 
that was super annoying because you're just saying like oh well characters now can take off their blindfolds and can just avoid the entity and then the fact that she put it back on to then do this like miraculous jump it yeah again there might almost be a storyline reason there and you could just say she got lucky because she doesn't fully understand the rules of what's in play but as a viewer watching it it sucked i I hated everything about that (laughs) like it was so annoying and it like say belittled everything and to do that in the finale as well um it was just annoying um because that was annoying sebastian having his boss battle with the cult leader just was you know with this flame and them like stabbing each other and just like unnecessarily doing that it just yeah all of that felt really um unsatisfying as well so the the whole conclusion for me was was you know fairly unsatisfying i think the more the more i talk about it the more i stew on this movie <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just gonna stop because i know you're just gonna want to yeah. keep talking shit about it so um yeah. as, as far as recommendations go why don't you go first nah nah like if you've not seen bird box watch the first one like i think like i still have hopes for the franchise and i really do like the idea of this this foreign movie this this very different take on a sequel not just doing bird box 2 in america like i really tip my hat to that but the movie itself i i did not enjoy yeah this is really frustrating for me in terms of the you know deciding on a recommendation because there there is stuff in this film that is gonna that i'm gonna remember at the end of the year like it's you know in a in a very quiet year there's stuff in here that is that memorable um but the some of its parts just isn't and i think yeah i love the premise i love that they're still making this and i also think being on netflix changes everything um because if this is on if this is a cinema if this is a pay to watch or even on a more niche stream service but it being on the most popular streaming service in the world does change recommendations um it more just equates to like time then Mm. and yeah i'm really torn i'm really torn like i i by the end of this i didn't hate it but i was just frustrated with enough things that oh man bird box man like this just i was so i I wish i'd have stopped watching now after like 20 minutes and that was just my memory because like i loved it so much and it didn't drop off that much it just got a bit boring and then just kind of got formulaic so it's it's difficult like i really don't know i think if you've if you even liked the first movie just a little bit i think definitely watch this would be my would be my recommendation um yeah but obviously and and know that it's obviously subtitled so if that's not your thing or obviously you can go dubbed but it's it's difficult because yeah we've we've just like i say i think this fits the mold of how i would describe most of the films we've seen this year Mm, in that they 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 have some really strong i think parts of knock at the cabin i think parts of evil dead rise but these are movies that by the end of it disappointed me personally um that i'm sure other people loved um and i think this is another one of those that like man sebastian's heel turn and him, him driving that bus away and my shock when i couldn't believe it is 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 one of my like i say one of my favorite things i've seen in a film this year but that's the first 20 minutes of a two-hour film and that that's just that just can't cut it unfortunately so um yeah that's that's our discussion on bird box barcelona uh we take a quick break and we will be right back
so yeah that is uh pretty much it for another week um i mean we met we mentioned it well at the start of the show and the news in some capacity um but yeah i feel like even though it's not horror i feel like i need to just briefly mention the movie that we saw at the weekend um because yeah we saw mission impossible on the big screen and I'll, I'll be honest that might have been something that took away from this week's film because i haven't been able to think about anything else since watching it um yeah, I hate I'm still on a high like i might have to go watch it again because it, it's just unbelievable i i think we go to the film that like go to the cinema a lot um you know way more than the average person i think in general my average is about 40 a year um and so it feeling special isn't a thing i love going to the cinema it's my preferred way to watch films Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel special to me because i do it most weeks um but seeing this film felt so special in in an event way that i'm i can't remember the last time i felt that way at the cinema um it might have been when once upon a time in hollywood happened like i really would have to think back the last few years because this was like you knew you were watching something that doesn't happen almost in a generation you know it's a franchise that i've loved for pretty much my whole life since seeing the first one two was when i really fell in love with it and then three was the first one i got to see at the cinema but like i just i love this franchise so much and to see what how far they've grown to get to this film which i think is it's probably the best one pound for pound because they've they nail the action sequences of course so much but i think they've really cut out the the fat now what we just discussed of like mm. the kind of spy espionage shit would get a bit too much and they'd be a bit kind of boring in some of the films of like oh yeah there's 30 different double crosses but my god did they strip it back in this movie they had such a simple villain and premise and i think it worked wonderfully because it just let the characters be them um and, and like the obviously the small elements of kind of comedy and drama always work but i was just in awe of of seeing stuff on the big screen like i don't know about you but i was like i felt privileged to watch this in a way where mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah stuff like this isn't the norm there's thousands of exceptionally talented people that are making this a reality and i'm just i'm just happy it exists and like i really cannot wait you know we're we're probably only going to get one more of these it seems like yeah. ever um and i just want to savor it as much as possible like i'm not ready to move on where i want to i just want to go watch it again like it just it's so phenomenal um i'm, I'm almost happy and sad that movies that this movie exists because it mm. does ruin action movies for me yeah that, that like you know when people like john wick that came out and like i just i i'm not i'm not up for like these sorts of movies anymore because mission impossible like james bond i'm like i just don't you know they're not landing anymore because i just think mission impossible have just brought it to a different level like the last few movies and like this one is the combination where it is just um that there's no fat on it you know it's just so lean it's a long movie and it's just got so much action And to the point that even the scenes that are conversational have got such high stakes and tension involved that you're just, you're never like, I I, I was always like on the edge of my seat for the whole movie. I think, um, you know, it it really is the gold standard for me. I think this franchise now of like what action movies are. And like I say, to the point that it's almost to the detriment for the genre because everyone, every other movie doesn't, doesn't compare. Mm. um and that that's that's my negative towards the movie that it's too good um and and yeah i just i just think it was a whole nother level and and um 
I, I yeah, I'm the same as you. I really want to watch it again and just um I think I think, you know, we you're right, we do go to the cinema all the time, but like we do cherry pick when we go see IMAX. And I think mm. that's why we do that, because then it still gives us these moments and I think it is important to to do it infrequently like saying that there's probably a movie in the next week that we might do the same for <laughs> but um you know so be it but I think it is you know I think that does give us that that premium cinema experience as opposed to like going to see whatever movie in in you know a smaller screen but but yeah like it, it it's such a great franchise and such a great entry this movie um, yeah, it's great that I can still get that feeling because I, I kind of felt like it wouldn't because we got we get less of the auteurs. Like I feel like Tarantino and Nolan are kind of the only two big ones that kind of make these big spectacle movies nowadays. And I think superhero movies used to feel that way, but they clearly don't anymore because there's so many of them. You know, it's impossible. Like stuff like the Batman and stuff, I would get so excited for, but it's just not. It just feels like another film these days. And so I think that's why mission impossible has this own you know as a personal place because i've always loved it but like they've really got gone above and beyond with these films and i'm really happy for tom because i've always been such a huge fan of him mm. through kind of thick and thin and through some cringy behavior and through some questionable behavior i've always stuck by him as, as a fan um and i think what he's done with this franchise in particular is one of a kind like yeah. i don't think there's another actor ever that's done the amount of shit that he's done on camera. I think it's truly unprecedented. I don't think we'll ever see it again either. I don't think it'll ever be an A-list actor that does the shit he does. I think it's truly remarkable. They, they, they shouldn't, as a rule. No, you know, they shouldn't. shouldn't. Yeah. And and that's the thing, because I think with this movie, that the set piece that he filmed, like, probably, you know, it, it wasn't the most visually impressive part of the movie and, and not the most, like, um, nervous, I felt you know, throughout the whole movie, because it almost was unnecessarily dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when when he's done other stuff, you know, when he was hanging on the side of the plane and the plane mm. took off, and it was like, okay, that makes sense for the movie. It looks batshit crazy. And I cannot believe Tom Cruise did that. Whereas this was like, you've just made a parachute jump way more dangerous for... for <laughs> For no reason, because you could have filmed it in a safer way and it would have looked comparable. Like yeah, I, you... I tip my fucking hat to him and he's a legend, but I'm like, mate, it, you know, you, it just, yeah, it just felt so unnecessary, I think, is where I landed with it. Yeah, he's got into the minutiae. <laughs> Yeah, where it's like it's hard to get across to a general mm. film going audience just how dangerous that is. And it's more for like the, the actual people that do that shit for a living, where they're like, Oh, he he took the hardest type of that, you know, specific jump. Like it's he is just crazy. And like I say, I I miss event cinema. I you know, you want more of it, but that's the entire point of it, is that you don't get it. You know, it wouldn't feel this way if we got one of these every month, which which mm. is impossible anyway. And so yeah, it brings me to what what you said really of like it is wild to think because I think the only other person or, or two other people on this planet that could get that feeling is Christopher Nolan. And yeah. you know, his huge, insane it's got a hundred million dollar budget, Oppenheimer. Mental. Um and it, and I again I've done I've seen like almost nothing of this film so I cannot wait for it. Um, 
I've only seen teas. I saw like the original <clears throat> teaser, and that's it. I did as well, like a year ago. So yeah, I've not mm. really seen any of the actors in it or anything. I think I've seen, I've seen like a screenshot of uh, of obviously Killian. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I cannot wait for this movie. But I was what I was joking at the start of the podcast was um, this movie is uh, is rated R and it's uh, it's described as a thriller on Wikipedia. So go um, on. I feel like a rated R thriller. I, f- I think we should probably cover that for the show, shouldn't we? Like. <laughs> Also, like this bit less jokingly, we, from, we still recorded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we still recorded. For what, for what I know uh, from like the actual story, it's one of the most horrific things ever. So, like, it really, you know, it is like to me, it's a very horror-related story. But yeah, we're, we're, I'm half joking, but we'll um, we're gonna watch it anyway. I just, I also feel like for our own sanity, we probably shouldn't watch a three-hour movie and then be like, oh yeah, should we also watch Bo is Afraid for the podcast? Not three hours. Like, you know, just yes, because of like, yeah <laughs> you know we're not doing fright fest this year we might as well kill ourselves watching unnecessarily long movies just for banter <laughs> exactly um but yeah no it's a great time like there's so much shit it's actually th- like it's re- it's reframed the way i see the year quite differently when you see a movie like mission impossible which by the way is easily my number one movie of the year like it's it's mm. not even close just like obviously we, we were just talking about it so positively but that's the clarifier like it's not it's not even close. It's not comparable to anything I've seen on the big screen this year. Um, but yeah, hopefully Oppenheimer is, and hopefully there's a few others. Like there's big budget sci-fi is kind of how we're rounding out the year with like Dune Part Two and The Creator, which looks fantastic. Great. Yeah. So like we're getting sci-fi. We're, we're not getting horror, unfortunately. Do one, but uh, yeah, great and Oppenheimer. Yeah, the second so I see the, the Dune, Dune trainer, I'm already confused again. I'm like, I, I don't know whether I can be another three hours in that world confused. No, like, I think I think you need to just have a drink and just chill because, like, it's this. You don't watch Dune for the plot. Let me tell you, like, <laughs> it's for those yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's for those unbelievable visuals um but yeah we'll talk about those in the future this is a i don't even know what this episode is anymore this is like a, this is a podcast i guess um no, i don't i don't know uh, <laughs> you know i think i think we jumped the shark long ago I was gonna say I like it. I think this is us restructuring the podcast. Of like, we—it's so funny because we have these moments every few years when we get fucked off with horror, and we're like, we're just gonna cover stuff that we want to cover, and then we just always go back on it, <laughs> and then we're like, so let's let's find some random on-demand movie. <laughs> because then I then I keep like just giving you avenues to watch Terminator Two, and you're like, we're not fucking doing it. And I'm like, okay, well I guess we'll watch a shitty horror then. That's it. Is Dan. I saw Terminator 2 showing in the cinemas again in August, so... Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I mean, if we see Terminator 2 in the cinema, that is that is a show for the week. Like, we already have. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't, we didn't do an actual numbered episode on it. Like, I... You know, basically, the day that the terminator 2 gets a numbered episode that that's the final episode of the podcast <laughs> and, like i'm done like I, I've, yeah. I've achieved what i needed to achieve that's fair at some point we should just record that so we just got it in the can just in case yeah you know? i want to be like jk rowling like yeah i want to i want to have like the final chapter made like okay yeah yeah the terminator 2 episode has been recorded like you know we we can press the button one day yeah, it's the kill switch. Like I'll mm. have it ready, and I'll just have it in the um, you know, in the media li- library. But yeah. I just won't have it published until yeah. until we're ready to say goodbye. Um, yeah, we probably <laughs> ought to record that pretty soon, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before Oppenheimer kills us, probably. Um, what a mad show this was. Um, but yeah, that was episode three hundred and fifty-six. Thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon.
See you later, everyone. Anyway, shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could I start that?